Originally published May 1, 2021 with Anchor. So hi everyone, this is Dave the Old Goat. I would like to thank all of you for taking time to listen and follow my rants and raves. I tried to take a look at things in a systematic manner. I'm not a fanatic, a radical, a conspiracy nut. I just worry about America. I think everyone should be worrying about America. I'm trying to provide some informative information to make you think about things happening all around us. I hope my podcast at least opens your mind to think and reason about what is and what is about to happen to America. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, follow, and share. I'd appreciate that. If you would like to say hi, have any comments, questions, want to suggest topics, you can send me an email at theoldgoat2021 at yahoo.com. That's theoldgoat2021 at yahoo.com. So let's get started on this podcast. So let's start with our opening prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your many blessings. Thank you for this opportunity to let me voice my opinions. Please help others to understand the truth. Please guide me in telling the truth. I pray that those listening to this podcast will see the big picture about what can and will happen with socialism. I give thanks to you, my Heavenly Father. In your name we pray this, Lord. Amen. I would like to ask you a question. Is America doomed? Can we save America? Or is it really doomed? With the attacks on our Constitution and the plan of the Socialist Democrats to completely take over America, we need to ask that question. This plan to create a socialist dystopia uses the mainstream media, big tech, and our government, as well as entertainment world, and through the indoctrination of our kids. And it doesn't just stop there. The businesses and the large corporations are on board as well. I equate socialism to cancer. It can only get worse if we don't radically treat it now. Socialism has always gotten worse just before the end. This is a series in Socialism, It's No Joke. In this series of episodes on socialism, we will take a look at socialism and its path to fascist totalitarian social orders, how they started and how they all ended I hope that you will listen to each episode as I publish it and pass it along to others. In our first episode, we took a look at socialism in Venezuela, how it devastated the country and its people, how the Democrats are hell-bent on taking America down that same path. In this, our second episode, I will review the three stages of socialism as outlined in Christian Nemitz's book, Socialism, the Failed Idea that, has, that Never Dies. 
The stages show how socialism is presented as a wonderful system to the masses, how they are sold a bill of goods, and how eventually those goods will be lost or taken away. We will look at the timeline of Venezuela's descent to a failed social experiment, which has led to a failed state. Before we get started, I'd like to talk about where I get my information. Most of what I present in my podcast come from news outlets, articles, books, and Congress, and many other places. So, some of the stuff in this particular podcast, uh, I need to give a shout out to the Pan Am Post, the Daily Signal, WorldTribune.com, and a special thanks to Christian Nemitz and his book, Socialism, the Failed Idea That Never Dies. If you haven't read that book, you need to get a copy and read it. It is a wonderful piece of information that will give you some some real thought thinking and provocative things to think about. I must also always thank the fake, fake news outlets. They provide humor as part of their reporting. Their reporting is so outrageous that it becomes a com- comedy of stupid people telling the same joke again and again. If you listen to one-on-one particular uh, news program and turn the channel to another one, you'll hear the same thing. They must have an email chain telling them what to say for the day. There are many truth-telling outlets available that are available out there. If you are looking for truth in your news, check out the New York Post, The Federalist, Great American Politics, Fox News, and many others. And that's just to name a few. By the way, I am not sponsored by anyone. Bernie Sanders is an open supporter of socialism. He even honeymooned in Russia. The question is why? Why would anyone think, or maybe there isn't a thought in their minds, that socialism can work? Since there has never, and let me repeat that, there has never been a successful socialist order in any country ever in history. But yet, Bernie Sanders and the Democrats, they won't take America into socialism. The next question is, why support something that has failed again and again? It's failed every time it's been tried over the last 120 years. It makes me wonder, with a 100% failed track record, why socialism seems to pop up and gain popularity every now and then. And then the people are so blind to see what is happening, they're really uneducated until it's too late. They will end up being led like mice by the Pied Piper over the cliff. So I guess Sanders and the Democrats are the modern day Pied Pipers taking control with their social dystopia, ruling the people or mice, and then in the end, the cliff. A book by Christian Nemitz lays out a three-step progression that follows the path of socialism. His book, Socialism, 
the failed idea that never dies. Those that have tried socialism have had different levels of failure. Some were complete failures, while others are still operating, but at the detriment of the people. So of those places, where are they? Well, they're places like the Soviet Union, Yugoslavia, Albania, Poland, Vietnam, Bulgaria, Romania, Czechoslovakia, North Korea, Hungary, China, East Germany, Cuba, Tanzania, Laos, South Yemen, Somalia, the Congo, Ethiopia, Cambodia, uh, Mozambique, Angola, Nicaragua, and Venezuela, and other places, but a lot of those were just short-lived attempts. God, what a list. So why was a devout socialist ever being considered to run for president of the United States? Bernie Sanders actually ran for the president of the United States. And you know the president of the United States is built upon freedoms and rights. Socialism is built on losing those freedoms and losing those rights. You know, there's an organization called the Democratic Socialists of America. And they've infiltrated our government. They've infiltrated our schools, our entertainment industries, co- corporations in just about all areas of our lives. They're openly socialist. But yet, we, 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 for some reason, we open our arms and welcome them. You know, with this organization, young people are the main targets. They know that the older people uh, are less likely to be willing to give up freedoms and rights on just an idea that socialism is good. But in a nutshell, the young people will be ours and their own demise. So how does a new social order take reign and, and lead us into chaos? It's through, normally through our young people. We must start educating them at a very young age that socialism is not a good thing. This brings us to one of the best books that I have read about socialism and how it is born, how it grows, and then eventually how it dies. Christian Nemitz, his book, Socialism, failed idea that never dies and it seems like I'm repeating this many times in this but I want everyone to remember that and read it in his book he describes the cycle of socialism so I'll cover these three stages in the cycle of socialism as outlined in his book so to get started let's let's take a look at the first stage the first stage is what he calls the honeymoon stage This is the experimental period when things are promised, such as free schools. Now, I want you to correlate this to the U.S. and see what they're doing there. Okay, they they promise you that you're going to get free school, free health care. They're going to give you free, free, free. If we look at what is happening, again, in the U.S., we can recognize what's going on. This period of promises and how great a new social order will be is what they're trying to sell the people. You know, it's the honeymoon stage is like when a man and a woman first gets together. 
each tries so hard to show the other how great they are. Each shows what they can bring to a marriage. This leads to being married and the dance that eventually leads to the honeymoon. Everyone is thinking that socialism is only honey and roses according to the people that are telling you it is honey and roses. The promoters of socialism makes it sound so great. They get they get as many as they can to pass the word such as people in our government, the leaders in government. They get a hold of the mainstream media and they 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 put out propaganda how great socialism is. Big tech and Hollywood and schools and anyone that supports socialism, they'll attack you if you say anything bad about it. They tell everyone that the social order is the only way for a society to provide not only equality, but a true equitable order. It, it lays out what is expected from everyone. Sounds good. How, how everyone supporting socialism is on a path of morality. How great they are. And will be seen as a truly good person for, for their support. Basically, how being a follower of a new social order will provide an open mind to the way life should be. In other words, they become good people. This will become their religion. And sometimes uh, they will start praising socialism. They'll replace God with socialism. Praising socialism and not God. You know, during the honeymoon period uh, or the stage in Venezuela, uh, just after Chavez became president, he had his feet high worldwide oil prices. Venezuela was a super rich oil producing country. It gave him the money to spend on Venezuela. Things were going so great that the people thought the honeymoon would last forever. For this period, the people saw socialism as being much better than capitalism. In the honeymoon period, very few disputes are, 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 are given about socialism. They're not voiced because it's working. Little did they know, but the honeymoon was about to, to become a nightmare and, and, and come to an end. The second stage is the excuses and the what about tree period. As with all honeymoons, they come to an end. We can see some of this happening in, in the U.S. right now. The Biden administration's failures since taking office reflect a country on a downward spiral. The open border debacle is, is, is filled with excuses and the water battery misinformation, such as the kids are not being held in, in, in cages, they're being held in a facility. Well, why would they say facility instead of cages? Because facilities sound better than cages. When Trump was in office, it was cages, excuses, and what about tree, which is what about 
information misinformation the ending of the Keystone pipeline and the loss of tens of thousands of jobs just because they need to show they have power how other nations start to view the US as a failed state people are beginning to worry about the United States of America if you listen to the broadcasts from Australia from Germany and from other 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 countries they are laughing at Biden they're calling him an idiot a joke they no longer see us as the leader of the free world when we show weakness Russia sets its aims at Ukraine and who knows what comes after Ukraine China sets its aims at Hong Kong and Taiwan and taking control of other countries uh, uh waterways in the in the in the in the territorial waters and Iran you know they see a path to destroying Israel we are becoming a very weak nation under Biden you know what is amazing is during this excuse and what a battery period the elites and the western intellectuals are still supporting the growing socialist experiment even though it is failing you know they become very angry and they get very defensive you can hear this angry tone in their voices you can see in their actions how defensive they are when trying to support their socialist uh, ideologies they make excuses and say what if what if what if so as it was in Venezuela the good times came to a halt oil prices crashed the good economy is now only a memory and people they start protesting those in charge they start violently cracking cracking down on the on the people in Venezuela as it happened in a failed society they take it out on the people you know at some point in time when they start doing this you know that stage 2 has now fully taken over the third stage is the the not really socialism stage it always comes to a point when the experiment is or is has failed the general public starts to question socialism the experiment becomes a liability for the socialist it is it is seen as an embarrassment for the so-called elites the supporters this is when the so-called smart people start to say socialism is still good but somehow the socialism that was implemented was not the socialism that they signed on for this also is 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 the true time for the elites that maybe the country is not socialist enough can you believe that they they think that it wasn't implemented strongly enough so here in stage 3 the elite say they are against the socialist or the socialism that was instituted you know they also talk about they're against unnecessary brutality but the leaders uh i you know they they think brutality brutality is is all right i ask what does unnecessary brutality mean 
Are they saying that some brutality is definitely needed? As with any uh, uh, Democrat uh, uh, dictatorship, some brutality is needed to maintain power. They'll tell you that. After all, there's never an understanding that we don't need to defeat those opposing the dictator, right? Right. Now that we have looked at the three stages of socialism, as outlined in Nemitz's book. We'll take a look at the timeline of Venezuela and its path to chaos. So remember the three stages. First stage, it's the honeymoon. That's when you're promised all kinds of great things. The second stage is, it's not working at, like it should. And the third stage is, oh, we're just not, we didn't set up a strong enough socialist order. As in any good socialist movement, there must be an anti-capitalist concept. In February of 1992, Lieutenant Colonel Hugo Chavez attempts a coup to take down the government that had been duly elected by the people of Venezuela. He fell, and he was put in jail. But in March 1994, Chavez was released by President Caldera. The charges were dropped, and he and other arrested officers were set free. Chavez, having had the defeat of the coup in 1992, decided it would be best to get the support of the Venezuelan people. So in 1998, he ran for and was elected as the president that would be for the people. He would work and make sure the people were taken care of. For the people. You know, that that statement always creeps up. It's funny that any time a socialist tries to take power, it is always for the people, but always ends up being for themselves. He promises that he would embrace capitalism and use social programs to enhance the lives of the Venezuelan people. Remember the first stage, the honeymoon period. Uh, This is all the promises of the good times and what will come. In July 1998, just a year after uh, he he took office, over 120 seats in the government went to the Chavez's supporters. With the control that he gained with these supporters, he started rewriting the Venezuelan Constitution. What else would a good socialist dictator do? He did away with the Senate. Who needs the Senate? He made the president's term longer and even renamed the country the Bavarian Republic of Venezuela. Even though he had all the power, there, there, there was some that knew he was leading the country down a path to destruction. Those that knew socialism was going to fail. So in April 2002, Chavez was actually taken prisoner during a coup attempt against him by some military generals and the leaders of some businesses. A strike demanding Chavez resign in December 2002 by the unions and the workers at the state oil company lasted a few weeks, but it died down as quickly as it had started. Chavez 
retaliated in April 2003 by firing senior management and firing almost 20,000 workers that went on strike. Even with all that, the Venezuelan people were still living a good life. They were still in the honeymoon state. And as long as they're still getting free stuff, why complain? Chavez had an edge. He had oil prices so high that the money just kept rolling in. His government spending uh, even affected the country's economy. The people were enjoying their honeymoon. This showed them that real socialism was much better than capitalism because they were enjoying the good life. Chavez, the anti-capitalist president, was great for Venezuelans. December 2004 was when Chavez and Castro of Cuba made an agreement that resulted in an alliance of the dictators in control of many of the South American countries. Bolivia, Ecuador, Nicaragua, which were all anti-United States. These folks are the radical left-running fascist countries in South America. Chavez got re-elected in 2006 to a second term. Chavez felt so much power at this point that he was thinking about combining the Latin American countries into one. I'm sure he was thinking that he would be the uh, master overlord. In January 2007, the National Assembly, which were all Chavez supporters, gave him the power to rule by decree. Sort of like Joe Biden ruling by executive order with the support of Congress. Heck with the people and what they want. Here's what I want. With the people still enjoying the upbeat lives and oil prices reaching almost $100 a barrel, Chavez developed some wonderful programs to fight poverty. People were happy. When you keep spending, though, one day there will not be anything left to spend. You know, that's especially true if you're putting lots and lots of money away for a rainy day fun for yourself in banks around the world. You can only come to the conclusion that Chavez knew how things were going to end. That's why he was putting away that money. In May 2007 is when Chavez started censoring his critics in the news media. He then became a true dictator. He just refused to renew the license of places like the Radio Caracas Television Company because they were not giving him favorable reviews. This was only the beginning of his efforts to stop media that was reporting uh, negatively on what he was doing. He would just take over and he put someone there that would do his bidding. The same thing is happening with Fox News in America. It's not being taken over yet, but you know that everyone is after it. If it, it, it hasn't, like I say, it hasn't happened yet, but if the Democrats get their way, it will be silenced. All right, I'm sorry. There was no love lost between Chavez and President Bush. Bush had supported the coup against Chavez a few years earlier. 
September 2008, the U.S. ambassador was uh, accused of plotting against Chavez. Whether it's true or not, it makes no difference. The ambassador was expelled along with some human rights watch groups. This set the stage for much more actions against anyone or governments that he thought was not in favor of, of him. Although Chavez had increased the term limit for the president in an earlier session, I guess that was not enough. In February 2009, uh, term limits was ended, and now Chavez could be president for life. That was really something, right? President for life. Some bad news hit Chavez in June of two, uh, 2011. His long life tenure as president for life was short-lived after having a cancerous abscess removed from his pelvis, and he had that removed in Cuba. After chemotherapy uh, gave him an appearance of success, in fighting the cancer. In February 2012, doctors told him the cancer was still active. Again, Chavez declared himself cancer-free uh, just before October 2012 and was re-elected president. Again, as before in December, he had to admit that the cancer was still there. In a TV address, he announced the cancer and also set Nicolas Maduro as the next leader of Venezuela. Maduro was a former union leader, and he had been a bus driver before that. The only governing experience he had was while taking orders from Chavez. Well, shortly after the announcement, Chavez went to Cuba for more surgery, and then on March 2013, he passed away. He died. Madero was sworn in as the interim president. Well, stage two of the socialist path is when government starts the heavy hand rule over the people. This is when the good times are about to end. The people were, were beginning to see that socialism was beginning to fail them. With oil prices falling, money for the people was drying up. Social programs were being dropped. In 2014, the economy crashed. Productivity almost completely stopped. The protests in the streets started. So Maduro met the Venezuelan people with government violence. Maduro stated that Brutality was needed sometimes in an effort to get back control of the people. We talked about that earlier. So the thinking is that when you take vehicles and you run protesters down in the streets, you shoot a few of them, you put some of them in jail, and you punish others, they will calm down and start to obey. They must obey like good little mice marching for the edge of the Piper's Cliff, him shouting all the way, Shut up and obey! Venezuela, under Maduro, in 2017, began the third stage 
of the path of socialism to its fullest extent. This is when those in charge start telling everyone that the country was failing because the socialist leader, Chavez, had not taken socialism to its fullest end. This is being said as rioters took to the streets, started burning and looting, hoping to get back what they feel they had lost. So the rulers think that government should go further left and organize a stronger socialist-controlled government. You know, as outlined in uh, Nemeth's book, stage three is is the is the country is not a real socialist country. In other words, it's not socialist enough. I think these people knew that the next stage is is full of Marxism and communist control. They know how things are going to happen. You know, time and time again, socialists have held some countries from Soviet Russia to Venezuela as the homage uh, um, of a bright new dawn, only to slither away when it collapses, denying that it was ever actually what they had told you it was. It was never real socialism. They have been very successful with that talking point. They talk over and over again. Oh, it wasn't very successful because it wasn't done right. So we'll have to try it again so we can do it right. You know, as a result, from failure to dismal failure, the theory of socialism sells on, untainted by the horrible practical results of its application and always finding a new country to wreck. Socialism should not be allowed to get away with this any place in the world. The socialists that run these socialist governments should be put away. So, in summary, we can look back on Venezuela. You know, it wasn't that long ago that socialism looked really successful there. It seemed that Chavez started something great for the people. But we know, time and time again, socialism fails. Socialists, such as Bernie Sanders, they have praised countries such as Russia, Cuba, and Venezuela as a start to a new era in humanity. And each time this new era of socialism, when it collapses, the soothsayers deny that it was socialism at all. They just say that it wasn't social enough. That's why it didn't work. They also say that the socialism implemented was mismanaged. So therefore, it could not have been true socialism. Again, this talking point has served them well again and again. So each failure of socialism is denied. And it continues down the tracks unblemished by the horrific results and the mayhem it has left in its path. Socialism is always looking for a new target to wreck. So the socialist will continue with the help of the elites, support of the people that are being promised the good life and free stuff, such as the medical and schooling and housing and monthly pay 
and the promises that all will be there for them forever as it is in a utopia paradise. In fact, it's a dystopian social order that is masked as a utopia paradise. One thing for sure, the rulers will be criminals. They'll be thuggish. They'll be dictators. And they become the gods of a country under siege. In our uh, uh, Stop Supporting Wokeness segment, um, you know, I've tried to get hashtag Stop Supporting Wokeness trending everywhere. It takes all of us to do that. So put it out wherever you can. In this particular segment, I normally call out places to, to boycott, places to take action against. But I'm doing this one a little bit differently. Uh, I'm totally amazed, though, how the Democrats use cancel culture to cancel people's lives by getting them fired, by doxing their private information, by protesting in front of homes and calling them names such as racists just to mar their very existence. I say enough is enough, people. Don't let them control your life. Stand up and shout back. Bullies think if they shout loud, you will just tuck your tail between your legs and fade away. Don't do that. You start shouting back. If you are afraid of losing your job or other things that you are part, uh, uh, that you're partial to and you don't want to lose, you know you're part of the problem. You need to stand up no matter what it's going to cost you to support a free America. You need to stand tall and you need to carry a bigger stick. Start boycotting those that are not true Americans. If they are trying to take away your free speech, take away your right to bear arms and much more, they are not Americans. They are the enemies of America. Treat them as an enemy and shout them down. If you get fired from your job, organize a group of Americans and march as protesters in front of the businesses or the schools or wherever they may be. Now, I do not support protesting in front of someone's home. I do not support doxing them. I do not support that type of uh, action. To me, that's off limits as far as I'm concerned. But I do call for boycotting wokeness. So boycott any company, organization, group, etc. that doesn't support freedoms of America. And do it daily. And do it loud. So let's get that hashtag uh, out there trending. Hashtag stop supporting wokeness. Well, that's it for another podcast. I would like to close by thanking God for all of our blessings. I'd like to thank Him for outlining what we should do in the Bible and, and, and giving us a mind to reason uh, right from wrong. So don't forget how socialism always ends, people. It always ends badly. 
So remember to subscribe, follow, and share this podcast. And I, I really thank you from the bottom of my heart for listening to The Old Goat. So until next time, remember always praise God, always honor our great flag, and honor our great nation. And we need to honor everyone that serves to protect us in uniform. Our first responders, we need to thank them every time we see them. So until the next time, bye for now from the old goat.